Hi, it's Mark Sisson. Welcome to the Primal Blueprint Podcast, where we deliver a variety of fresh content to help you live awesome. Enjoy the show. Engage with us online at MarksDailyApple.com and on social media, and send your questions to info at PrimalBlueprint.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Primal Blueprint Podcast. Today, we have Tara Youngblood. She is a sleep expert, made it her life mission, was so important to her that she created an amazing technology called Chili Sleep, and she is the co-founder and CEO of that company. We're going to talk to her about her journey and her product, which Mark Sisson loves. He raves about it all the time. He is one of the sort of you know popular reviews on their website, and um, I've, I've really wanted to get into this myself, so welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So tell us about your journey about being tired of being tired and what led you into this whole arena of becoming, you know, a sleep expert. Well, it's it's kind of a convoluted journey. Um, honestly, Todd and I have a bit of an inventor's bug. So we've actually brought lots of products to market. Um, and his uncle invented the waterbed, which is kind of um, an interesting story all by itself. So when we actually invented the chili pad and brought it to market, it was actually more about comfort and adjusting temperatures. So it was a market iteration from an invention perspective. At that time, microclimate control and seats was coming out and being able to adjust different temperatures because Todd would sleep on a slab of ice if he could. And I like to warm up to fall asleep. So we were constantly fighting over thermostat issues, which is not uncommon on people that share a bed. But over the years, um, we discovered that there's some magical parts about what temperature can do for sleep. And, and for me, that's a very personal journey. I hit rock bottom for sleep in 2008. Um, we lost our Youngest son, Benjamin, died very suddenly and, and sleep just about disappeared from my life, oh, um, that depression dramatic. and grief. Um, and so despite, you know, being in sleep products, I wasn't able to make that work. And so a lot of it for me was coming up with what is the right sleep recipe? How do we personalize sleep? You hear all these metrics of eight hours of sleep and you need this and that. And it becomes very confusing for what does that mean for me? And, and how do I make that uh, actionable? And you know, how does that translate into really good outcomes for sleep? And so that's really become my mission of to take out sleep from this one size fits all. It's only eight hours. It's only this way. And to really define what good quality sleep is and what that can actually do for your health outcomes. And so that's, that's really where the passion is, is to give hope to this manageable sleep outcome. We, you know, our audience really knows why sleep is so essential. I mean, it, it, it's so essential for the brain. It's so essential for every part of our body. Um, why do people who can't sleep have trouble with body composition and fat loss? Yeah, you know, unfortunately with that, there's there's a whole bunch of different reasons. I think on the very highest level, as, as someone that's struggled in that category myself, when you're exhausted, your body's actually driven to to those poor choices. It's poor choices of carbohydrates and, and, and just really doing all the wrong things. It's driven um, by lack of willpower. It's driven by sort of some of the depression um, so that from a very chemical level, when you're tired, you'll actually eat, you know, on average 450 more calories in that next day of, of being sleep deprived. And, and that only gets exacerbated over time. So if you're chronically tired, your diet is going to be poor because your body is really driving you to make those poor choices because it thinks it wants that instant energy 
hit from that sugar or those carbohydrates. And in, and in essence, it's not really what it needs, but it's what it thinks it needs because it's tired. And in that motion, that those are the hormones that are being released. And that's what's sort of forcing that mechanism. So it makes it very hard to manage your weight if you're chronically tired. If someone is having issues with sleeping and, you know, I mean, not say issues, but let's say they're not sleeping enough. Okay. And you're there and you're sitting on a plane with them and they're like, tell me why sleep is so essential. Why do I need to even be concerned with this? Let's talk about some of the, the variety of ways that it does affect human health and why we really need to go, oof, we got to prioritize this. Yeah, you know, every single system of the body has health outcomes tied to sleep, every single one. So, you know, if you start at the top and you look at brain health, at mental health, Alzheimer's is, is being tied to this lack of deep sleep and, and lack of sleep, memory, cognitive loss. Then you kind of move into some of your um, different systems and, and cardiovascular to lymphatic. All of them have to have this restart system that we've been sort of evolved to have of sleep. And they want to restart just like you would restart your computer when it has done what it needs to do for the day. And it's kind of not working right. We're going to restart our computer. We're going to, we're going to upload um, a new fix. Our body wants to do that. And it does that during sleep. It's that's when it's really focused on healing. That's when it's focused on filing memories, all of those sort of um, due diligence parts of our body systems happen at night um, during sleep. And for a lot of them, it's during deep sleep, which is a sort of specific um, section and type of sleep. How does temperature affect this? We all have been in a hot summer without air conditioning at some point and been like, oh my God, I cannot sleep, right? You know, so I think we all realize, you know, like, okay, that's not comfortable. But but what's ideal and how, you know, what led you to this and discovering the temperature? I mean, other than the argument between he wanted to be cold and you like to be a little bit warmer, um, what are some of the benefits of sleeping at a cooler temperature? And what's that about? Yeah, so it, it honestly, it all starts with chronotype. Um, and so chronotype is your genetic predisposition to when you go to sleep and, and what your is your timing for your body clock. So, you know, we've all heard of being a morning person or a night owl. And when you when you think about it in terms of that, we are there's a genetic um, driver to what happens there. There are some, you know, influences that happen throughout our life. Kids definitely influence when you go to sleep and when you wake up and there's some things you can't get past. But in general, our bodies are predisposed to a certain rhythm or timing. And that clock actually not only manages sleep, but it also manages your body temperature. It manages your blood pressure. It manages all those different things. And if you think about it, like your computer, your car, all of those have clock systems that kind of manage how things are run. Your body works exactly the same way. And so the reason why temperature is magical for sleep is because it is a big part of that drive for that chronotype and that circadian rhythm of when do you fall asleep? When do you wake up? When do you have those dips and highs and lows in your temperature actually is, is highly influential on your sleep. And so it talks to that unconscious brain, which I love getting past willpower every chance I get, because then I can't sabotage myself. Um, temperature, when you're matching the right temperature for the right timing of sleep, you actually throw something called a sleep switch. Um, Clifford Sapir out of Harvard was the first person to sort of coin it that way, but it is triggered. Neurons in your brain are triggered by temperature to basically then you, you release melatonin and all those things that some of us at different times have played with doing 
over the counter, but your body will do that automatically. And, and temperature is one of those key factors for that. Light can be another one. It really depends on the individual, which one is a heavier weighting in your body, but temperature is highly influential on your, on your sleep cycles and your sleep outcomes. What are, what's like a temperature that would be a cool temperature to, you know, check out? Like if you're, if you were new to this technology and you're like, huh, I want to see, I think I might want a cooler setting. What's the lowest, what's the range of, of what you can adjust it to? And, and, you know, what do you see with a lot of your customers where they like to be at? Yeah. So it's kind of a complicated question because all of us have different BMIs, genders, metabolisms, ages, all of those factors kind of play into this thermal equation that is in your bed. But the place to start is to think about that your body is an engine. And most of us, to be comfortable, sleep on a, um, a mattress that has some foam in it, um, which in itself will heat up. And then we cover ourselves with blankets, which insulate that engine. And so if you were to run your car and you were to put insulation all around it, it would overheat. And so what we want to try to do is keep our body at least neutral to cool. And that's because our, as I mentioned, that circadian rhythm, it's trying to drop. So your core body temperature, that's your heart, your lungs, your inside parts are trying to drop two degrees towards that middle of the night. So from the time you go to sleep to the time in about middle of your night, you're trying to drop two degrees of that core body temperature. And you can't do that if you're super hot in that little cave that we've created to sleep in. And so what our product does is it, it basically helps you set that temperature so you can mitigate that heat loss. So there is some range as far as like if um, we have some NFL linemen sleeping on it, obviously at 350 pounds, high metabolism guy, he's going to set it pretty darn cold in order to help mitigate that heat that he's going to put off. Um, a very what, what's small, cold in that? What's cold in that scenario? What degrees we're we talking about? Yeah, so our temperature range is between 55 to 110, and you know the so you know and there's different times of sleep that you're going to want to be colder or warmer, and that's also creates some complication for that equation. But in, in the case of that NFL lineman, you're going to want to be as cold as possible. And not that Todd's a, a lineman, but he's a bigger guy and, and definitely loves to sleep colder. So he's going to sleep at that colder part. For most people, when they say, well, where do I start? I would start with room temperature. Most of us have gotten comfortable with climbing in under the sheets with that room temperature. And if it stays at that room temperature of that 68 to 70, then you're going to have a good place to start where you've basically not had added any temperature in. You're not getting any reflection back from your mattress. You're not insulating. You're, you're mitigating the insulation of your covers. And that's a good place to start. Um, you know, one of the things I found sort of in my sleep journey is that what you want to go to sleep at, you know, for me, I was always thinking I always wanted it warmer. And so I was waking up in the middle of the night because I, I set it nice and warm to fall asleep. But then in the middle of the night, it was too hot because I, I didn't realize I was trying to drop that core body temperature. So I usually think about sleep in sort of three buckets or three zones of sleep. And when you think about those, you need to think about bedtime of like what feels good. So for some people, getting into a cool, fresh bed at room temperature or below feels great. For me, I want my weighted blanket. I want warming. I want to warm up to fall asleep. And then once I'm asleep, I'm going to set that cooler and have the first half of the night as that core body temperature is trying to drop. That's your deep sleep zone. That's your chance to really get good quality deep sleep. It's not to say you can't get it in the second half of the night, but it's definitely just, you know, the probability of getting it is much 
heavier when you go to sleep, when your body wants you to, and you're staying cold, that's when you can get good quality around that two hours of deep sleep. That's really important. But then the second half of the night when your body's trying to warm up, um, myself included, sometimes it's too cold for the temperature that I want to have that deep sleep in. So the second half of the night, I actually warm up for REM sleep. And REM sleep um, also has lots of great purpose. And it's important to not sort of carve out too much deep sleep and steal it from REM. We want to we have those two different types of sleep in balance. And about two hours of, of each is about right. So we want to make sure that we're trying to manage our temperature to match what our body needs to get the right kind of sleep. What would you... So let's talk a little bit about technology. So let's say I'm in a cow king bed and like I have a significant other and they want to be cold. I want to be hot. Like, do you, how does that work with us being able to use your technology? Yeah. So, you know, we have sort of two different versions. The chili pad is our legacy one and it has a remote. And even with a remote, you can adjust that between 55 to 110, but you're going to set it and forget it. Just like those old fashioned turn uh, thermostats where you set it at one temperature and until you go back and physically move the thermostat, it's going to stay there. The chili pad works that way. It's sort of a one temperature and forget it kind of model. Um, the Uller is the sort of next evolution where there's an app and there's scheduling. And that's where for me, when I, when I look at my sleep, it's more complicated than Todd's because he can, he can climb into bed and fall asleep, especially if it's nice and cool. So, you know, although he does use an Uller as well, for me, the important part is that scheduling so I can be warm to fall asleep, cool in the middle, really cool as I can be in the middle of the night, and then nice and warm for REM sleep. And then I also use a warm awake. So when you warm up in an opposite to the sleep switch that turns sleep on, you really do want to turn sleep off. And by warming up, it actually kicks out um, cortisol and you actually kind of get bumped out of sleep and you turn off sleep. So you can start the sleep drive that morning towards the next night. What are, um, how long did it take you to finally fix your sleep issue? I mean, I know you were looking into this for a while. I'm sure you had so many different, you know, ways you were trying to hack it and figure out how to do it. Um, how has this changed your life? Your own technology has changed your life. Uh, tell us about your sleep life. How, how's life going now? You know, it honestly, so one of the things that happens as we get older um, and I, I'll say I'm definitely before 50. I won't fully give that all away. But uh, as, we <laughs> good <get> older, for you. <laughs> as we get older, we, we lose our ability to get good quality deep sleep. So by the t- when we're 20, it's about two hours. By the time we're 80, it can be seven minutes or less. And when we look at that impact, as we talked about on memory, cognitive loss, um, all the diseases of the elderly have some sleep problems that are associated with it. And a lot of that is it's just harder to get that good quality deep sleep as you get older. Thermostats are pretty faulty in in us um, humans. And as we get older, it just gets harder. So for me, the the real advantage is I'm getting the sleep of a 20-year-old, even though that's not my age anymore, I have to say. I don't know that I go back to 20 anyway, but (laughs) from a sleep perspective, I do want to be at 20. And I want to have those two hours of deep sleep every night. And that is a phenomenal difference. You know, when I was at the peak of my stress and sleep deprivation, um, I ended up with Hashimoto's, autoimmune issues, um, you know, the sizable amount of health issues that were starting to manifest and show really because of high stress, not managing sleep, 
it was, you know, I was headed down a very rough past path from just a health perspective, um, not to mention sort of that mental state. You know, there have been studies by the CDC that compare sleep deprivation um, with being drunk. Um, and it's, you know, if we were to be driving around drunk, we would like, oh my gosh, blood alcohol level, don't do that. But when we're sleep deprived chronically, it's really the same. And so running through our lives, and especially as, you know, a CEO trying to run the company, I, I don't have, I can't afford to have a day where my brain can't turn on or I'm losing time or I don't have great short-term memory. I'm not able to be quick and do what I need to do. The, the results of managing your sleep are phenomenal for that, those life outcomes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've always said, listen, I'd be like the worst uh, person to be in the military because I'd get captured and they'd sleep deprive me. And like after just they could just do it one night and I'd probably tell them everything they needed to know because sleep if I don't get sleep it's like it ruins me and I don't even drink I feel hungover the next day I am it's such a priority for me this is such a topic I love because I love it so much but I I really don't do well without it in in every capacity so this is really important and people I think have just gotten used to a certain way yes. of feeling. And they're on this hamster wheel. And, you know, I'd also like to say too to people out there, you know, I have, I have a couple of friends who are like, they're always complaining about being tired. And then you go, okay, well, when are you get in bed, they're like midnight. You're like, when you're waking up, they're like six. You're like, well, that's, that's on you. You know, you yeah. have to start to prioritize this and make it an effort. And if that means you have to set an alarm to make yourself to wind down, to get off the, the blue light and whatever you need to do. But this is something everybody should work for. It's just so important. And I think for too long, I mean, we've stressed the importance of it for years, but for too long, people have just been running on empty and have this sort of pride in like, oh, I only need, and you're like, yeah, it'll catch up. Yeah. And I think that the key part for me in, in that statement is that, you know, what I have found, and, and this is part of, you know, our influence in, in when we sell to the military is that eight hours itself for a lot of people, or they'll hear a particular sleep tip, Todd is not influenced by caffeine. God bless him. He can drink a whole pot of coffee and go to bed. So people will hear certain sleep things and be like, well, that doesn't apply to me. I can't do it. It doesn't fit in my life. I have to get up to commute uh, at 5 a.m. every day, which is better right now, at least during COVID. But, you know, whatever those metrics are of like, I can't sleep this way that's been designated. And I think that's where there are opportunities when you know your chronotype and you do know when you're supposed to flip that switch. It could be that your six hours from midnight to six just needs to be shifted. And if it's if it's 10 to four, six hours can be, and that's where temperature kind of hacks through that. So even at six hours, I can still get two and two. Um, it's, I, I prefer around seven. My body likes that better, but it, it's definitely, I can get the same outcomes. And that's where, you know, I think that's the, the beauty of coaching and understanding even, you know, what Mark Sisson has done is that, you know, when you understand what the rules are, what the parameters are, you can decide what you want to break, but if you don't have the information, you're not understanding what rules are the most important. Don't ever break that one versus this one. It does. It probably wouldn't hurt you if you did this occasionally. And that's where the power of understanding what you need for your sleep is and baselining that and then going from there to, okay, well, I've decided uh, alcohol within three hours before you go to sleep is bad, but I'm out with my girlfriend who... I haven't seen from college. So yeah, we're going to go be silly and have drinks. And so when you, when you do that, you say, okay, well, 
I'm not going to have great sleep that night, but I'm going to get really great sleep before and really great sleep after. And I've decided I, I've owned my outcome. And I think that's the power of understanding your sleep. Yeah. And also I just like the idea too, there might be someone that feels the need eight to nine, but perhaps it's, perhaps it's just, you know, a, a temperature control thing or something where they need to get deeper into a certain level there on one of the sections of sleep and they could actually go with less. So there's, there's some hacking maybe in the other way too, that people aren't aware of that they could fix and maybe even be more efficient with their time. Yes, absolutely. Every, every, in every aspect, I think it's really important to understand everything is a spectrum. There are 7.8 billion of us and the likelihood that all of us sleep the same way. It's really interesting. Eight hours actually came about as part of the industrial age. Before that, we actually, you can see references even in Charles Dickens to a first and a second sleep. We actually slept uh, and sort of interacted a little more like it it is in Spain where there's a light meal between nine and 10, but we would count, they would, um, after working in the fields, they would take a short nap um, and then have a light meal or drinks and even socialize in the evening and then go and take a second sleep. So there's, you know, polyphasic sleeps, there's um, time in bed, there's these temperature uh, mitigations that I use. There's all sorts of ways to sort of make sleep work for you. Um, you know, naps have gotten a bad rap over the years, but Todd, who is a night owl, can get away with power naps, 20-minute naps, and he's like a whole new person. If I were to do that, it would sabotage me, but he can do that. And I think the biggest understanding is I got to find out what's right for me, and then I can't be the same as everyone else necessarily, but I, I can know what I need to do for me. What are your top five tips for people right now out there kind of struggling for with sleep? So sleep starts every morning. That's the first tip. And so when you get up in the morning, your body is looking to drive towards sleep the next night. So first thing in the morning, as soon as you can possibly go outside, get 20 minutes outside. The endorphins that happen actually um, help to turn off that sleep switch, start your day. It's just a really healthy habit to spend at least 20 minutes outside every morning. Um, and then, you know, another one is, is manage stress. Stress is a big enemy of sleep and the hormones that help us sleep are basically counterbalanced by stress. And so the way I describe it, um, really started with describing it to my kids, but you know, you wake up with this stress monster and he's very small and manageable in the morning and it helps you get boosted. But if you don't manage him throughout the day, if you don't take time to meditate or breathe or find ways to manage that stress. By the time you go to bed, it's not really surprising when your mind won't stop and you've got this big monster sitting on your chest and you can't get your mind to settle out. So stress management throughout the day, there's lots of great tips around that, like going outside for those endorphins. There's oxytocin, which you can get from hugs. So again, really simple, just connect when you can, um, do that sort of things. Dopamine is, a, is another counterbalance and that's just getting stuff done. So if you make your list either the night before or the morning of, and you check it off, you actually get uh, dopamine, which helps balance that stress. So there's, there's these natural ways you can do it. And I think that the most effective for me is, is taking breathing and, and quiet time. And even in COVID, you know, we still on average use the restroom seven times a day. And when you're in the restroom to take an extra minute and just breathe, just do a little bit of self-care goes a really long way into mitigating that, that big stress guy climbing into bed with you at night. Um, and then the, the last one really is that three hour window of sleep. It's really easy to want to 
socially wise, you know, eat later at night, but the last three hours before you go to sleep, try to keep them free of that big, you know, meal, alcohol, all of those kind of things make it harder for your metabolism to be in the right mode to go to sleep. Amazing. And so let's talk about your product and your website. Where can people go? Of course, we'll put all the information in the show notes. Yeah. So you can, you can find me um, as the sleep geek um, on all the social kind of handles. Um, Our chili technology site is chilitechnology.com. Um, we will in the show notes, um, give you some coupons, which is always good. Um, but you can also find information on our blog, um, and all over our website on finding more information about that. But if you want to dive deeper, um, I also have a book on Amazon reprogram your sleep and I've done a TEDx talk that is on the TEDx YouTube channel. If you want to get the quicker video version of the book, I guess. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us and definitely check the show notes, some great discounts and codes in there. Thank you again for joining us. Is there anything you'd like to leave with our audience? You know, I think just that recap of if your sleep is broken, uh, it is not something to put off or figure out someday. You know, now is the time to fix it. You'll you'll get the benefits immediately when you work on fixing your sleep. And it, it is possible to get that working for you. Thank you so much for all the work you've done. You've helped so many people. And yes, everyone out there, let's pay attention to sleep. Thank you again. And we'll talk to you soon. And everyone else, we'll see you next week. Hey, Primal Blueprint listeners. No dairy in your life? No problem. Primal Kitchen has you covered with our no dairy vodka sauce made from avocado oil and organic cashew butter so you can ditch the dairy and keep the decadent taste you love. Made without gluten, soy, canola oil, or artificial ingredients, this vegan plant-based sauce is paleo certified. Visit us at primalkitchen.com for more real food options, from dairy-free Alfredo sauce to tomato basil marinara and a whole host of other delicious products the entire family will love. Hi folks, Mark Sisson here. If you found your way to the primal path and want to help others live primally too, then visit primalhealthcoach.com to learn how you can join our mission to help 100 million people reclaim their health and how you can turn your passion for wellness into a profitable health coaching career that you love. The world needs health coaches. The world needs you. So visit primalhealthcoach.com today to learn more.